passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Forest. I'm your host, Cameron Debro. Um, Going to have a little bit of one of my favorite types of shows today, where I could talk about nothing but recruiting. Uh, I love recruiting. I love the ins and outs of it. Love talking to recruits, figuring, kind of figuring out things. Um, so yeah, so I mean, there's kind of a lot to talk about. Before I get into it, uh, there was a move made yesterday by John Curry to hire Aaron Dunn. I really want to talk to him a little bit. So on the last podcast, I talked about what I thought Wake's position in the NIL space should be. Um, I really didn't think that they're a team that's going to win their – they're not going to win any sort of money battle. They're not going to win – you're not going to be this team that's fighting against an LSU, against a Georgia, against a Bama, against a Tennessee. If that person wants a large NIL deal, what I thought their position or what their stance should be is, okay, we understand it's here. That's great and all. We're top 30 university. Why don't you come here? You still get to play high-level football. And the entire recruiting pitch for Dave Foston and Steve Forbes and most of the Wake Forest coaches is you'll get a top 30 education, but you also get developed off the field. Um, and the move yesterday to hire Aaron Dunn um, as the, and this is a long title, Iron Dunn was hired as the Senior Associate Athletic Director for Student Athlete Development and Administration. And he will also serve as the uh, Chief Diversity uh, Inclusion um, Officer and lead student athletes, student athletic focused events uh, in NIL and career development. It's a whole lot of words and a lot of that. Um, what does that mean and where did he come from? Um, so Dunn spent the last three years at Texas, one of the biggest schools in the NIL space. Um, what he did was he launched their first ever development program, um, which was a four-year program that um, very heavily, like it was a very good program from what I hear, from what I've taught people. And one of the biggest highlights about it was the fact that they really focused on financial literacy, which I think is really good when you're handing a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds a bunch of cash, whether it's they're a student or not a student. Financial literacy is something that I think is very important. I think it's much more important to a lot of people that are about to start coming into a lot more money. Um, also, spearheaded leverage, um, which was quote unquote a meaningful program and resources around NIL. So essentially, how do you make the most out of your NIL deals? Like if you partnering with, with uh, hospitals, charities, et cetera, et cetera. Like, are you doing something that's helping community? Or are you just kind of just getting money to get money? That I guess more, it was more of a development process and helping the, the kids really 
figure out, you know, what's their space. Because like, like I mentioned, a lot of them don't really care about NIL. So it's a matter of, you know, if, if you do want to make some change on the side, like, are you doing something that really is making an impact? Um, I think this is a big, this is a big deal. Uh, I think everyone's kind of rushing to fill up their war chest with money and, you know, you have these collectives running around and I think that's a good thing. But then you also look at someone like Duke, for example, who uh, hired a, a former Nike and NBA staffer in Rachel Baker to like, as their quote unquote GM um, to kind of aid players with NIL. And you know, obviously like this, the rules from state to state are different. Um, and in North Carolina, you can't help facilitate deals. And so I don't believe that Duke or Wake's new um, person there, um, Aaron will be facilitating deals, but having someone that's in that role to help sort of guide people through things and oversee those opportunities and kind of and making sure that the development is there, I think that's the I think that's the bigger step in this. When this all gets kind of reined in and it's less of the you know people trying to figure out you know this is legal here, this is legal here, having someone that can really oversee that and being ahead of the curve there, I think is the something that's really really important. I thought that was a, that that's something that's probably been in the works for a long while, um, and I really I really like the move. Um, uh, so I think that was good. So yep, so we'll move on to the next part of that. Uh, we'll look at basketball recruiting, which is something that I know that people really have been sort of pushing the the envelope, pushing the buttons. Like you know, there's one more spot left. What's going on there? Uh, I want to take a step back really quick and say that uh, the Bobby Clintman. The uh, signee from originally from Sweden that played at Sunrise Christian, he might be good. Um, I mean, there's not really a question that he is good, but I think that people might be underestimating him, including myself. Um, just kind of digging more and more around the situation, it kind of feels like he was in somewhere that wasn't conducive to really showcasing his talents. Um, and now, I think once he gets back from, so he'll be gone. He won't be rejoining the team until later in June, um, slash July, early in July, because he is a training partner for the Swedish national team. Green flag, really big green flag there. That I think he'll have a larger impact on the team than I think we originally may anticipate. So I don't know if he's going to sit here and overtake a starting spot or play 25, 26 minutes, but. I think he's someone that might be a little bit ahead of the curve and might be able to earn some earn some some good playing time going. Forward. So Wake has one scholarship left for 2022. Uh, we saw this when Jake Laravia declared for the NBA draft, and the first question is always where where are they going after this? If they have targets lined up, this this and that, and the the honest answer was really kind of no, and it really. I feel like rubbed people the wrong way. And I get why. I mean, I get, you know, you, you have this guy that you're, I don't know about hinging your season or hinging your future on, but you have a guy like Jake really who was, who was a borderline first round pick might end up being a first round pick um, come the draft. And the next step when he announced that he's not returning is that you don't have anyone lined up to either automatically take this, take the spot or you don't have anyone on at least to just take visits and see if they can make, they can make be the fit that you need right there. Uh, 
So my kind of pushback to that is no one's going to come in and well, there's two sides of it. From the player side of it, no one's going to come in and want to take a role that is as good as what both Steve Forbes wants and needs and what we want as fans and needs. No one, no, no caliber of that player is going to come in and be like, well, you know, I might, I might get 18 to 20 minutes a game and that might be good enough. If like that, like that doesn't really exist. They're, like those those examples are so few and far between that you can just sit there and you're like, this is an excellent person that that is that is that's not only good enough to help us win games, and not just like sit there and eat minutes, but to win games, but also want to accept 18, 20 minutes off the bench. Those are those are the fewest and far between. The other part of that is from the Steve Forbes aspect is settling for a player just to get a player. Are you going to get a guy and promise him 20 minutes just because he eats minutes? No. That's kind of how we got in the situation in the first place years ago is just promising people that may or may not have been that good minutes. And then you're sitting there for the minutes promise and you either have to piss them off or you keep playing someone that isn't really deserving of those minutes. And that's not something I think either side really wants. I don't think that's anything that we want as fans, as we want as people who cover the team. It's not really, not really there. Like people at the end of the day are being sold 25, 30 minutes a game. You're not going to sit there and, and say for a dude of that caliber, like, Hey, you're only, you're not going to get that many minutes, but still come. Like that doesn't work just about anywhere. There are a few and far examples of someone being like, I'll accept a small role on a team that's as good as you want them to be. So, and if, and that's also not saying that they're gonna, not going to fill the hole. I don't know if they will at this point. There's a long way to go, though, before between now and really the beginning of the season where someone needs to be in, in, enrolled. Do I think it's going to, it would be anyone that's, in the portal right now? No, I don't think so. Uh, while there's thousands of kids in there, I just don't think the level of talent or the type of player that would want to be there is, is there. I think it'd have to be from overseas, and I think that's fine. Um, and it's always tough to be like, well, like it's going to be overseas, and people are like, well, what's this name, this name? And it's honestly, it's like no one had – Cam Hildreth's name or Matthew Marsh's name until they signed. And I know it's like, well, you're, you're like, then what's happening to scoops, this and that. It's like, that's just kind of how that, how that works. Like both of those people were people that, that really good programs wanted. And you didn't hear a peep about that from anybody. And like I said, they also could not fill. They also just choose to not fill the roster, which I wouldn't, necessarily be against um i think they're in a spot that they are saying i know they're they're higher on bobby um andrew carr they were extremely high on was one of the reasons why he was a priority for him um playing the four matthew marsh and davion bradford who i know people aren't 
the highest on day one Bradford just because of what happened to him last year. I think looking at a guy who dealt with pneumonia and COVID, staff is really high on him. And I, and I think I think they'll be fine. I think they'll have to count. If they don't add someone, they'll have to count on a guy like Matthew, uh, not Matthew Marsh, uh, on a guy like Zach Keller for some minutes at the four. Um, I could also see them playing Bobby as a, Bobby, excuse me, as a pseudo four. I mean, I know he, he's really kind of brought in the play at two or three, but I could see them as someone that says, hey, you know, we're, we're trying to roll out a an Atuka, a Tyree Appleby, Monsanto, uh, Clintman, and then one of the bigs lineups as the way of getting more shooting on the floor. And I can see that, but I mean, it's also June and we're also just spitballing at the wall right now. Um, these guys have gone through, but a week of practice. Uh, Atuka is going to be good. Atuka is going to be good. <laughs> I know people were like, well, he was played in this lower, lower conference. Don't, don't matter. He, he, that gets good. Um, I think there'll be, I know they have the ACC player of the year in the backcourt. I think they'll be better in the backcourt this year as a, as a whole. I think their backcourt will be, will be good this year. Um, so then you kind of turn the page to high school recruiting and, you know, the last couple of years, I can't really even say the last couple of years, they've been, they've been not great in the high school, high school portal, portal, um, high school sort of ranks. I mean, last year they signed to, and Clintman, Zach Keller, and then the year before they signed, they signed four, technically five. Camp uh, Carter Carter uh, Witt enrolled early, um, but they technically, but they signed four in Hildreth, McRae, Lucas Taylor, Matthew Marsh. Um, I mean, we don't. It's not really getting to the development of them, but you look at this year and you're like, okay, you know, the 2023 recruiting class. What do they need? How many how many spots do they have open? Um, so if they don't fill the spots, if they don't fill the one spot they have open right now for 2022, they'll have they'll have three at least three scholarships open for next year. As well, that one open, Tyree Appleby will have exhausted his eligibility, and then Davian Williamson will have exhausted his eligibility. So you're working with three spots for the trajectory of this program and of what people want to do. I don't see a way you sit there and take two freshmen. We'll say more than two freshmen, really. And I think if you take more than two freshmen, you're either saying uh, you're you're getting a Matches Buzels, um, and if you're not really familiar uh, with Matches, he is one of the best players. He's a five star um, rating on twenty four seven Sports. Um, he's ranked in the top ten in the class. I think he's ranked number seven right now. Uh, Top three, small forward, 6'9", 190. Uh, play, I think he's about the he, – he actually plays at um, – he played at Brewster Academy. I believe he's transferring out west for this uh, for this upcoming season. So uh, – and obviously he's down to some to, – there's some tough competition to get him. Uh, he recently released the list on June 2nd. He's down to five schools, North Carolina, Kentucky – Wake Forest, Florida State, and the G League. I honestly would not be shocked if he chose any one of those five. Um, 
the G League gives me a bit of pause, both of him choosing it and also it being on the table. I mean, we saw with Jazzy and Gortman last year, yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I don't. I I would kind of be shocked and unless someone really got into his ear. I'd be really shocked. I'd be kind of shocked if he went to the G League. I think that might just be on the table. And if, you know, something really happens where he feels he need to go there, he goes there. But I think that is somewhere lower on the table. Um, he's taken official visits to Kentucky, to Florida State in the week. Uh, so the only school he hasn't taken a official visit is to North Carolina. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't really see a leader in this recruitment right now. He doesn't talk enough for someone to do that. Uh, I don't know. And I'm not going to sit there and, and I don't want to speculate and be like, well, you know, he's been in North Carolina. He was always talking to Hugh Davis a lot. And I don't know he's friends with Sigan Wiltshire and Gigi Jackson, but he also has this Lithuanian connection um, on the staff of Wake Forest. Also visited Florida State and, you know, Florida State has a really good track record and Kentucky is one of the best schools for recruiting. There's all these, there's all these little tangle webs with, with a guy like him. And so I think this is one that you just kind of let play out. But I, I think if you take two freshmen this year, you end up taking a someone you think is a top of the top guy. And, you know, someone you think you might be able to have grow. Um, I don't know if you take both of those guys, if your top of the top guy is a, a combo guard. I think that's what the main focus is, is really a combo guard. I mean, you're losing Applebee. You're losing um, Davian Williamson, and you know you have you run the possibility of losing a McCray or a Lucas Taylor. I don't know. I don't think you do, um, but I mean, it wouldn't in the day of transfer portal. It wouldn't really shock me to see one of those two guys leave. I don't think they will, but I mean, you just got to take that. You have to take attrition into count whenever you're doing those sort of things. But I think you I think you take a combo guard. But then you're kind of like, what else do I really need right now? When you're looking at the onset of the of the team right now, what do you really need? Do you need anyone on the wing for the 2023 class? Tamari's still got a bunch of eligibility left. I don't see him leaving anytime soon. Clintman will have will just played one year. I think you're fine there. Uh, Jao Tuka, it's like, I mean, like, with a guard, and you're like, okay, you got Jao Tuka coming back, and then not a whole lot. Well, Kev can't hold it there, so, I mean, that's two guards. McCray and or Taylor, so that's three guards. But, yeah, you definitely need a guard there. A three, I think you're really fine there. It's really as a, like a wing. Carr has a bunch of eligibility left. You can't – you don't necessarily – while you have to account for attrition, you don't necessarily say – Hey, I think Andrew Carr is going to be exactly what Jake Lariavi was last year. I think that's kind of a you can't help you can't predict that. And I think you'll be able to get him back next year, as well as get a guy like Zach Keller kind of up to speed. And then you have Matthew Marsh and David Bradford. If they both pan out, which again the staff is really high on both of them. You're fine with your big band for a couple more years, at least for another year before you need to really think about grabbing their person. So, I mean, it's not really a class that sets up for you to take two or three freshmen, even if there is some attrition. I mean, 
you're going back and you're you're going into win now mode. Year three has always kind of been the year that you're like, this is the year that we need to win this. And then everything after that, we need to continue to win. And I just don't see there being this sort of big push for a big high school class. I know some people don't really necessarily like that because they're like, well, you need to recruit through high school portals and make these connections. I think there are multiple ways to skin a cat. I think you can take a couple of freshmen here and there. And as long as you're supplementing them with the right sort of transfers and a, a Jao Tuka is the right sort of transfer. The dude has, has four years of eligibility with remaining. You look at a guy like an Andrew Carr who has multiple years of eligibility. Like they're bringing in guys that have multiple years. And it's like, well, that makes that, that makes more sense because then you don't have to figure out, let's play this guy who's a freshman for 30 minutes a game. So I think they're fine. I think they're fine there. I think they're, they're look the class will be small again this year. Um, I mean, they have a guy taking an official visit tomorrow, uh, Jamar McDowell, uh, out of out of Texas. Uh, reports offers from Xavier, Marquette, TCU, Loyola, Minnesota, uh, along with a few others. Uh, right outside, right inside the twenty four seven Sports uh, top one hundred fifty. Um, combo guards in about six five. Um, yeah, so I I I. I He's a newer name. He's really kind of blown up on the on the circuit a little, a little bit this summer. Um, hence his rise into the top 150. I think it's a it's winnable competition. That that there's no one in that group that necessarily scares me to my core. Um, I mean, Xavier making a push is always something that you're like, okay, that's that's something you need to make sure you you are cognizant about. But it's not something like Kentucky jumping in with an offer. It's not something like UCLA jumping in with an offer. So I mean, it's it's definitely you got to pull your weight in this recruitment, but I I think they're in, they're sitting pretty well. They're getting him on an OV, and I think I think they're doing fine. And with that, we'll hear a word from our sponsor. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Now we're back. I'm going to shift the focus over to football recruiting. Um, I'm going to start with probably my favorite wide receiver target in this class for Wake Forest. Mike Mays uh, goes to the Benjamin School down in North Palm Beach. Um, he is actually goes to school right across the street. And when I say right across the street, I mean you could throw a stone and hit it. Um, he goes to school right across the street from current Wake defensive line commit Carrington Lee, uh, who is currently Wake's top-rated tiny in the class, is a four-line four-star. Um, 
Mike Mays himself sitting at a, at a, at a high three-star for 24-7 sports, listed that as an athlete, uh, 6'2", 175, a guy that really could play both ways. And some, uh, I know some teams that are scouting him are thinking about seeing what he could do in defensive back, and he's going to play some DB this uh, this year. Uh, Wake is looking at him at wide receiver. Uh, last year, 42 passes caught for 724 yards, seven touchdowns. Big thing for me is he's a three-sport athlete, football, track and field, basketball. He can get a track and field scholarship if he wanted to. Uh, took home two different state titles um, this this summer uh, in the 400-meter dash with a 47-5-2 time and a triple jump uh, 45 uh, with a 45-11-75. Um, placed third in the high jump with a six-foot-one-and-a-half-inch jump. Yeah, so he's he's a he's an athlete that is a longer speed. Like he is someone that's I'm not necessarily. I don't think he's going to kill you in a hundred meter dash or or fifty five or anything like that or a forty meter. Uh, but he's someone that is that is definitely a good speed, and is definitely someone that can sustain that. Um, he's just a different type of athlete, and, and I honestly love those types of athletes. Um, reports offers from, uh, I think, about 35, 36 schools, Georgia Tech, NC State, Boston College, Louisville, BC, Pitt, Hughes, Fandy, West Virginia. Uh, good, good, health, a healthy offer list there. Um, the recent report from um, our good friends over at Pac Pride, Michael Clark, um, he was supposed to show up for a visit, an official visit to NC State last weekend. Um, and ended up not doing that. Decided to go to Iowa State instead. And Michael Clark reported that he felt as if that after his visit to Wake Forest this upcoming weekend, uh, he might be ready to make a decision. I agree with that sentiment, just given the fact that Wake is making their point to Wake has never been a school that likes offering summer officials. They would like to save them for the for the fall for two reasons. One, there is absolutely nobody on campus. Wake's already a small enough school, and while we love Winston-Salem, it's not really a town that's conducive, as say, like an Athens, as a Gainesville, as a college station. It's the people and the students, the people that are there help make it what it is, and the students add a lot of value to it as well. When you don't have those students on campus, or even a lot of other teams on campus, it really... The place can be quiet. It can be kind of a ghost town, and it's not really necessarily the environment you necessarily want there. Um, secondly, a lot of these guys are guys that Wake knows. Your your Miamis, your Georgias, your USC's, your Texas, your Notre Dame's are all going to come in and try to swoop in on when it comes time for October, November, December for signing day. And they love having those late official visits in their back pocket. That way, if you know when people are Trying to sweep into them, they can all they can have the entire the entire class or anyone else that's on the fence come in for the last weekend that they want people in there for, blow them away, keep them in the class, or lock them up when they need to. That being said, with the way recruiting is going right now, is a lot more people are trying to speed up their clocks. Uh, with the transfer portal, a lot of guys know that their spot isn't guaranteed, um, so they're trying to lock in a spot right now. A lot of guys are, are really trying to get into finishing up their year 
right because of their early enrolling. I think Wake will have a fair amount of early enrollees this year. I think that'll be a case a lot around, a lot, yeah, around the country because a lot of people took smaller classes in the year last year or the year before. Now they can count a lot more scholarships against the gap to bring people in. And you're hearing, I, I'm, when you talk to a lot of these recruits and a bunch of the Wake commits have all been like, I'm an early enrollee, I'm an early enrollee, early enrollee. A school like Wake's going to have early enrollees, which gives you less time to really play that out. And it's really sped up their clock and they're like, okay, oh, you know what? I want to have this decision done before my season comes in. We want to win state this year. It'll be my last, sem- my last semester at school with all my friends. So, you know, I want to go out with a bang and it's really sped up their clock. Um, and it's forced a school like Wake and a school like even a Clemson to really change their summer official visit policy to allowing official visits during the season. And for Wake, it's been not so much allowing, you know, Clemson had a, had a weekend uh, two weekends ago where they allowed, I think it was 30 official visit visitors at one time. Great idea for them. Big campus, you know, have this sort of party on campus. For Wake, they're being selective. They're saying, you know, let's take one or two guys this week or and three to five guys this week and really condense them so that way we can still give them the individualized visits we want to give them but also make sure we're giving them the OVs that they need to do and make sure that, we, that they're around, you know, people we want to be in the class with them. Um, and so I think this is the biggest sort of weekend for them just because of who's on campus for them. And I think Micah Mays is at the top of that list. He's, I know, recruiting wide receivers extremely well, but I think this is the guy that ends up being a mid to high four-star when it's all said and done. And the right people, the right places in the rank committee like him. He's going to continue to play, especially now if he shows he can play both ways. That only helps having a ranking more. But uh, I mentioned he was at Iowa State last weekend. Uh, there was definitely um, a lot more buzz around him there and uh, for the possibility that he could maybe run track there as well. Um, however, I think this might be one that, I mean, Wake has been, has been the team out in front of this one um, in every article. That has come out. Wake has been. He's even admitted Wake is probably on top. Um, and I definitely think. And he didn't really get to take visits at all during the during the summer or during the spring season because he was running track so much. He didn't get to go places. And I think having a big place with a lot of visitors around him definitely definitely helped sway him towards that way. But I still think that Wake's in the driver's seat. And I think with, they need to knock it out of the park. But I think this is one that you're saying, hey. Let's just go in there, do our job, walk them away. We're done. Next on the OB list is Antonio Robinson. Uh, it's a name that if you've been around the boards a lot, I haven't really talked that much just because it's hard to get. It's been hard to get a real read on him. Cornerback, uh, uh, standing about 5'10", 170 out of Florida Christian School in Miami. Healthy, 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 healthy offer list. Um, LSU, Texas, UNC, Pitt, Arkansas, Kentucky, Miami, Penn State, Michigan. Big boys, big boy schools. Uh, he's a four-star on the 24-7 sports composite. High three stars um, by 24-7 themselves. Um, the top 350 player, according to the composite. Major one. I mean, obviously, I, I people want better athletes in their defense. He just He's just coming off. Um, it, a seven-on-seven tournament, the overtime 77 in Las Vegas. 
his team. I believe he plays for Cam Newton's team. Um, came up short in the, in the finals. He was named one of the standouts on Saturday. Um, he picked off the top rated quarterback three times um, throughout the, throughout the weekend. Uh, he's, he plays, he's physically built. Um, that 510170 is is all muscle and he looks it. He look he is definitely developed on his upper half. Um, and he's got the speed to to carry himself there. He's also a three-four athlete, football, basketball, and track as well. Um, his his father had a couple cups of coffee in the NFL with the Green Bay Packers, won a Super Bowl with them as well, Tony Robinson. So the reason I really brought him up is like he's always kind of had this bigger school feel to him. There when you're when you're talking to some guys. You kind of can get a feel, um, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's wrong, but a lot of times you can get a feel of, hey, this guy really feels like he'd fit in at a smaller school. And a lot of times when you talk to someone, it's like, you know what, this guy really seems destined to want to play in, you know, like a bigger stadium, the bigger lights, the, just the bigger crowd noise. And a lot of people like think that has something to do with NIL. And it's, it's more of just like some people just like bigger schools. Just like when we were we were growing up, we we liked different different schools. We, we chose Wake because it was smaller. Some people choose a UGA or a UNC because it's a bigger school. Um, and, you know, I kind of got a feel at first that he was maybe a bigger school guy. But, you know, as things have trended, I mean, Wake is – this is another one. It's a recurring theme throughout all this stuff is Wake has been a recurring factor – in his in his recruitment i mean out of he's got about he's got about 40 offers at this point and wake was one of the first to offer him um i believe wake offered him back in back in january and it's really one that you know that that wake is wake has done well here uh, he's he's mentioned paul williams uh, quarterbacks coach who has a lot of ties in the Miami area. I uh, don't forget the coach to Miami. Um, he's got a lot of ties there and it's really sort of resonated with him. Um, he's told me he wants to take an official visit to Texas. Um, he's told me he also wants to take visits to LSU, Georgia Tech, maybe Cincy and Bandy. Um, we'll see if those happen. Uh, it's June 14th. See if that happens. Um, he's taking an official visit to uh, Pittsburgh on June 24th, so next weekend. There's a big old flashing light right now, and it's kind of addressing the elephant in the room. I think that people overrate how you win certain recruiting battles. I think people always want you to have the guys that are just like that go out there and just win it and blow everyone else away. That's fantastic. And I really, those guys are great. And I think that someone like Dave Cohen and Paul Williams has done it, has done it as well. Don't, don't worry. This isn't a dig at Paul Williams. Dave Cohen, but Dave Cohen has done it. Uh, Kevin Higgins has done it a lot. John Hunter is at the running back. So has done it a lot. Um, that is really good in recruiting jail. Um, Sometimes you just got to win a war of attrition. Sometimes you just got to hold out and be like, you know, the longer this one plays out, the better this one is for me. And, you know, that's kind of something that's, that's benefiting Wake right now is in this recruitment is, you know, Texas is kind of figuring out what they're doing with their cornerback situation. I don't really know. Um, can't really speak there. LSU is 
figuring them out themselves. Um, I know Robinson's on the board, but he's not necessarily the top of the board for them. Um, and you kind of look at it and you go, okay, you know, look at Pittsburgh and you say, well, what's going on there? You go, know, they've got an OV next uh, next weekend with them. Uh, Bryce Pollock, who was a Wake Forest target, committed there last week on the 4th, um, as well as Shelton Lewis also committed. They committed at the same time. And it's a glaring red flag in this recruitment because it's like, okay, Pitt has two corners committed. One of the reasons they committed was they were like, hey, there's two spots. And this was a this was a quote. There are two spots available. We want we just wanted to make sure we had our spot in there and we love Pitt. You got two people committed as a cornerback right there. And you can't play Robinson as a safety. You can't play him as a linebacker. He's he is a corner. Pitt has another corner coming in on a on an investor visit this weekend. We'll see if that gets canceled. But there's the like you look at it and you go, you go, well, okay. Texas is trying to figure out their board, and I don't know if we'll make it there. And we'll get there in a second. Pitt's Pitt's full or pretty much full at their position and has another guy that seemingly is higher on the board coming in this weekend and could commit this weekend. What's going on here? Is this, and and it's, uh, he does, he's someone that doesn't want to push his, he doesn't want to push his commitment day. He wants to commit on July 25th. Uh, he is someone that is sort of done with the recruiting process. He loves visits. He loves talking to people, but he the, the recruiting process is draining for people. You're constantly getting texted and called and helped on Zooms. And yeah, I think he's getting a little bit tired of that. You're constantly traveling. Biggest thing to me is the dead period is on June 27th. Uh, when this episode is released, that is less than two weeks from today when this is released. There's not enough time to do anything. Like he's if he gets into Wake Wednesday, 17th, 18th, then we'll leave on the 19th. Um, if he's taking the pit visit on the 24th, 24th, 25th, 26th, leave on 26th, that gives him roughly one, two, three, four, five, six. About six days. I'll, I'll give it seven, depending on the time. I'll get, by the time the time after his official visits, at both Wake and Pitt. So he has about seven days to fit in an official visit that's going to last forty-eight hours to get to, to get to Texas. Midweek officials are really hard to come by. I know Wake just had one with Ben Minich. Midweek officials are really hard to really hard to come by. A lot of schools don't want to do. A lot of schools. Like are doing are doing workouts. They're doing they're they're doing evals and other on other prospects. They're they're doing everything else besides wanting to host someone on an official visit. <laughs> so it's, schools very much try to stray away from a midweek official unless it's like a very very top target. And that same thing goes for the unofficials of, you know, you still got to get out there. So that like not all these kids are made of money. You still got to get out there get to these schools, set up a time, set up a day, and get there. Can you make it to four or five schools in about seven days, six, seven days? Yeah. Do you really want to? Not really. Um, 
So if you're getting what I'm, if you're picking up what I'm putting down here, there are things pointing in the right direction. But again, like I think you need to, you can't just say, oh, we can just sleepwalk into this recruitment and still get it, just because of when he's deciding. You have to still go in there, and and impress. And I think that one of the biggest things that he highlighted to me was the fact that he wanted to see where he'd fit in and like whether it's a system and also the school and he wants to be he's major in either physical therapy or exercise science um and that wake has a good program in that but he wants to be able to see that and i think you need to you need to sell him you got you got to sell him on that and i think they've had a good chance to do it you got to do it the clock is ticking though and the clock's ticking in wake's favor the clock is ticking third on the list is rashawn tongue uh, if you've also been on the board, you've probably heard me talk about this guy maybe twice. Maybe. I uh, received an offer from Wake Forest back in January. He projects as a safety. Um, he is from Chesapeake, Maryland. Um, excuse me, Pasadena, Maryland goes to Chesapeake's um, senior. Stands about 6'1", 175. Dude's fast. I... He's someone that I really had to rewatch his his tape before recording this, and I was like, "Oh, you're really fast." <laughs> um, he is definitely. I uh, reports offers from Boston College, uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Temple, Rice. Um, lightly, lightly recruited, but there's. I mean, that's three three ACC schools. Um, no, nothing stands out there. Took an official visit to Boston College last weekend. I think he's higher on the safeties board than I originally realized. Uh, obviously, the coaches are never going to share their boards. But I, I think with, say, you look at a guy like Deshaun, Deshaun Stone, for example. Um, Sean Stone, if you... Don't follow recruiting. Safety out of AC Reynolds, standing about 6'3", 185. Uh, Taking take officials, took an official to Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Duke. Was thinking about taking an official visit to Wake Forest this weekend, but is not. Um, and if you're keeping track at home, Wake has had two separate. Wake will have two separate safeties taking official visits this summer. Uh, ben Minich, who just finished up. Uh, and flesh visit took it from this past Sunday and finished up today. And now Rashawn Tong, Maryland. Um, so that screams me two things: one, that I think he's a lot higher on the board than I realized, and B, well, two, that he is wanting to commit soon. Wake doesn't Wake doesn't throw out these OVs just like Andy. They, they you have to be a top target and once again be firm and wanting to commit soon. Um, so yeah, so I, I, he's an interesting prospect. I, I like him. I, I think he should be a mid to high three star when his initial rating comes out. Um, I really like his tape. But the thing about him is he's, he's someone that, and it's kind of told by the UVA and the BC offers. He's a specimen for someone that if you're a coach that thinks can out value everyone else, he's your guy. He, he's your guy that somehow is just higher on the board than everyone else. 
you think because you think you can out eat everyone else. And I think that might be something like this. I I can't really say any sort of scoops in terms of like where he's leaning, what he's leaning. This dude has not done a single interview. Has not done a singular interview. Like he got like since March. He has not uh, he has not said a thing. He just pops up at places. And those are the best guys in recruiting because you know they're kind of going to be locked down because you know wherever they're talking, whenever they make a decision, they're like, you know, I've done my my research here. Um, but it's bad from from a not te- not bad, but sometimes it gets frustrating reporting wise because you're like, I have no idea what's going on with this dude, and I'm not going to until he tell until he said something publicly. So, so, yeah, but I like him, and I, he's on the OV list. We'll we'll keep an eye there. Um, think that think that one could be over sooner rather than later. Um, touching back on Antonio Robinson for a second, and one point I wanted to make there was I mentioned Trayvon West um, on the boards. On the boards, I mentioned Trayvon West as a cornerback out of South Carolina. I took an official visit last week. Um, excuse me, an unofficial visit last week, and I mentioned on the boards that I. Um, We'd possibly be on commitment watch there. Thinking, I think the Antonio Robinson wanting to take an official visit changed the calculus there. Wake's only taken two cornerbacks. They sit, they sit well with Antonio Robinson. They sit well with the guy out of Georgia, RJ Johnson. I think, I think Wake may have pumped the brakes a little bit. Uh, they offered another corner, Khalil Barnes, out of out of Georgia as well, who I think might be at at or close to the top of their board as well. Um, I think they may have, may have pumped the brakes a little bit on a guy like Trayvon, who is a good player in his own right, but I think they might have some some guys that are a little bit higher on the board. Um, bit of speculation there, but I think there was a reason he came out of that visit uncommitted. So. The last and certainly not least prospect on the list is four-star Grant Godfrey. Uh, Grant Godfrey is a behemoth. 6'3", 215, four stars across the board, both in the composite and on 247 Sports, uh, just outside the top 300 in the national rankings. If you looked at if you looked at commitments. Uh, prior to him, his composite would put him at like right near the top. He would be the third highest signee in Wake Forest history if he was to uh, commit and sign with Wake Forest. At linebacker, which is a position that has been much much maligned for Wake Forest the last few years. So a four-star linebacker from Georgia, from a powerhouse program in North Burnett, has been seriously interested in Wake Forest. It has always been interesting Wake Forest. Wake Forest was one of his first offers. I remember when I, when I talked to him back in, I believe it was February or March. Um, it was right, it was about a month after Glenn Spencer had been hired. And I was like, hey, like, you know, you want to talk and talk about how things have gone with you, with you in Wake Forest since I've been on Spencer. And he was like, since Spencer had been hired, they, they talked to me more and I didn't think that was possible. 
they you talked to our our Tennessee twenty four seven sports site and uh, released a pretty official unofficial top three of Tennessee Wake Forest and Kentucky. Uh, wasn't really surprised to hear Tennessee and Wake Forest. Those have been two teams that are very entrenched in his recruitment. Uh, there's always been a rotating door in that third one. I've heard NC State at one point, Kentucky's right now, Ole Miss has been a team. It's kind of been anything. Uh, he's a guy that Georgia or Clemson offer would change. Uh, Clemson's about to be full at linebacker. Don't see that coming in any time. Don't see that coming at all. Um, Georgia making big boy decisions up out there. I don't see that board expanding to getting to Grant Godfrey. So I don't think any of the two game changer offers would are are coming for for Godfrey. So I think it's a I think it's something that's a Tennessee wake and, and I don't want to discount Kentucky. I think that they've done a very good job there. Um they've, they've done they've done a very good job there with um, Stoops. Um yeah, when you talk to the uh, Tennessee twenty four seven site, mentioned at Wake Forest, uh quote unquote, and then at Wake Forest, linebackers coach Glenn Spencer. He's been a great coach. Um, he's been coaching for like 30 years, so he's all the knowledge and he's invested so much in me. The first on his board and everything, he wants me there. Uh, Godfrey was on campus earlier this, this spring. Uh, there's no, there's no pussy putting around it. Grant Godfrey is like, is like the guy that they, I think they have to get into this class. Um, it'll be unofficial for Godfrey. Uh, he's coming up on Saturday on the, I believe that's the 18th. Uh, I think it's a smart move to put him around a guy like Micah Mays and a guy like Antonio Robinson, who are going to, who are two other top targets and guys that are big boy players. Other, other top players respect them. Other top players want to play with other top players. And those are players that people want to play with. Um, he's visiting with some kid named Tyler Walton. If you don't know who Tyler Walden is, Tyler Walden is another highly rated uh, re- recruit. Uh, he is currently committed to Wake Forest. Um, also goes to North Gwinnett, uh, stands 6'5", 230, going to play defensive line. Uh, highly touted dude, tie three-star. Him and uh, him and Grant Godfrey, best friends. And I know it's always, though, his best friend goes here and play with their best friend. Now he's Godfrey has been effusive in saying that he's very close with Tyler Walden. Um, and while they're not people that talk a lot on social media, it's definitely one that he's not skipping around when it comes to saying like he's really – Tyler Walden's doing a lot of recruiting behind the scenes right now. Um, and I think it helps being in a locker room with that guy every every day. Um Wake has some things going for him there. Um, he doesn't really have a commitment date in mind. Uh, there was a commitment date talked about possibly um, on his birthday, which I believe is August 1st, which is also, I believe, one less John's birthday. But he, the quote was, if I find a place that feels like home, I might commit on my birthday August 1st. Um, but uh, he's really wanting to get to, quote unquote, he really wants to get to official visit this fall. Um, he expects Tennessee to get one of them. Wake Forest would, would, is expected to get one of them as well as is Kentucky. Um, so this is one, again, like I mentioned with Antonio Robinson, 
It does not matter how you win this. It ha- it makes no bearing how you win this. You could win this by any measure. You get him to sign on the bottom line. That and I don't and he's not a kid that cares about NIL. His dad, Zeus Godfrey, um, played at UGA. Played in the NFL. He's fine. Him and him and Randall are fine. They're that family's not caring or looking for a big check. The biggest the Lord to grant is playing in the SEC under the bright lights. Like I mentioned, that some kids seem like they want the bright lights in the big in the big stages. Uh, but Wake is Wake is throwing the kitchen sink at him in terms of recruiting. The reason I bring up winning this by any, any measure is Tennessee might be filling up. Uh, Tennessee is going to take three linebackers. Um, and recently on 24-7 Sports, their uh, writer threw out, three, uh, threw out two separate crystal balls to linebacker targets. Uh, Jalen Smith out of Grayson in Georgia and Jeremiah, Jeremiah Tallender. Uh, both actually had Wake Forest offers. Um, I don't do crystal balls. If I did crystal balls, I'd join them on those two. Um, I think those two are very heavily there. And then you went on to mention that they're taking three linebackers. Now that third line, it's a lot easier to recruit when you have, when you have two, you have all three open spots and you're like, you know what? I want to make sure that I, I get, I cover all my ducks in a row, et cetera, et cetera. I want to see what happens in this recruitment when those when slash if those two uh, players commit because everything's all fine and dandy you're all getting recruited until the first shoe drops and then the other shoe drops and then it's like oh no what's happening here just as wake forest wide receivers wake wakes had a bunch of wide receivers um offered um if i do a little quick a little quick offer list look up right now Week has about just under, if you count athletes that are also wide receivers, Week has a little over 25 wide receivers offered. Week's taking three at max. And I know some of the guys on that wide receiver board were a little bit surprised when um, when the board got a little shrunker and little, shrunk a little more, shrunk a little more. But that's just the that's just the name of the game when it comes to recruiting. It is what it is. I want to see how the recruitment of from Tennessee goes if when those two guys commit. Um, Tennessee is involved in a couple other big recruiting battles. Um, whether that's CJ Allen, um, they're fighting with Georgia on that one. Um, and obviously you're like, oh well, it's Georgia. They might they might they probably don't win that one. We just moved up to the official visit. Uh, Tennessee was supposed to visit next weekend. It's visiting this weekend, so I mean that's a that's a positive, it's a positive one. It'll be and it'll be a second uh, visit, and it'll be a second visit in a little bit. So I'm so it's not as if he's some stranger to there. Um, they're also going after a junior college linebacker. Um, I think they sit well with him. I don't know if they're in the lead there, but they sit well there with him. Um, I, I think it I think it ends up being a race between three or four people to commit for one spot and 
that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure to put on somebody, and especially for Godfrey, who's very effusive. Like I want it to be right versus me rushing into decision. You know, is he gonna feel the need to to pull the trigger somewhere, or is he gonna just kind of wait things out and see what happens there? Um, does Tennessee fill up? The longer this recruitment goes, the better. Uh, Wake wants to get the fact that Wake's getting up here on an unofficial with one of his best friends is the best move they could have done. I think that along this goes, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Yeah, this was a fun episode. I love talking about recruiting. As always, feel free to send me any any questions, whether it's recruiting, not recruiting, etc. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening. New CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Violent Island, you got here. Walk to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching, these have been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.